The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. It's a fun day to be a Yankee fan. We're rolling a little bit. Despite not hitting, we are winning games. We're a wagon right now. I think that's what they say in hockey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nasty Nestor Cortez is just having a silly goose time out there on the mound. Like, I, I've downplayed him for, you know, two years now. Like, yeah, hey, it's cute. I like it. Whatever, are you going out there? Not my ace. I'm not looking at him in game one. I'm not looking at him in game two. I may look at him in the game two now, you know? Um, but he also, you know, like, I, it's early. It's still early. I'm skeptical of everyone always at all times. I don't trust this team because of the past couple years. Yes, exactly. But, like, he's really... He's working his way up there in terms of, like, trust and, like, maybe, you know, like, if we went on, let's say we lost, like, four games in a row, right? And you saw Nestor as the next game. Like, that gives you a better feeling than Monty, Tyone, even Seve. 100%. It's the classic thing that started out as a joke. Oh, Nestor's an ace. And now it's like, wait, is it is it serious? <laughs> yeah. Like, do we joke ourselves into an ace? Cuddy tweeted that he has a 2.56 ERA since the beginning of 21. I mean, that's a pretty – Yeah. It's a pretty decent sample size. I know he started 21 as a reliever and then I think he became a starter. I want to say July, but I mean that's a, it's a decent amount of innings. I'm, I'm pretty much sold at this point. Yeah. I mean uh, – and especially like I'm sold on you can continue to play for my baseball team every five days. I'm not sold on like – we got to extend him. You know, people oh, jump no. to those things of like, he's the future. Like, no, dude, he's playing good baseball. He's a good teammate. Um, fans like him. He's receptive to fans. He has, you know, he, he rides the train and he said he plans on doing it because it's just like practical. Um, and that's a good thing to mix in. Like, 
as the Yankees, like we're used to superstars, Jeter, A-Rod, Clemens, you know, Bernie Williams, like all these guys were, you know, they were super, Don Mattingly, um, Cole's a superstar, Judge is a superstar, um, Stan's a superstar. Those guys ride in the train, you know? And I think it's like, one of the things like people really liked about Didi, like Didi wasn't that great of a player. He had a couple like clutch postseason home runs, but he wasn't never made an all-star game, but he rode the train and he took pictures and he tweeted emojis. And like, we do that too. People, people like it. And it's cool because he's not six, four. He doesn't throw 101 miles an hour. He just kind of looks like a regular guy. When you see a professional athlete that just looks like a regular guy that's having a ton of success, it's really cool. Cause you're like, not, not me and you, cause we're older, but like little kids, you know, that their normal size, they'd be like, Oh, I could be like that. Yeah. Um, like your dad, your dad's not a big guy. My dad is was you know old people shrink you know he was like six foot tall okay um like a biker though wasn't ripped I eventually ended up just being like super fat like he had heart failure a couple of years ago it was like 427 pounds like oh damn yeah yeah like they drained like 100 pounds of fluid from his body wow because of the heart failure but when i was younger and he was like you know i don't know 285, 300, something like that. But it was like kind of it, – it wasn't just fat. I remember thinking like, how come you don't play baseball? You know, like why – how come you aren't the big boss man? Right. You pretty right. much look the same to me. And I think there's a bit of that with like Nestor of like, ah, oh, you could just be some dude's dad like you're saying. He does. And the, the cool thing about the rotation is how balanced it is, right? We have three righties. With Cole, Tyone, and Seve, and then we have two lefties with Cortez and Montgomery, and they all have different kind of stuff, right? Seve and Cole are just kind of straight power pitchers. Tyone mixes it up. Gumby's kind of that classic lefty with the big looping curveball. And then Nestor's just kind of a goofball. So I really like the balance and the mix they have throughout the rotation. I think in years past, they've just kind of had a lot of the same guys, and it's good to give different looks throughout a series. Yeah, I think it's good to, to give the different looks. I'd like to, um, you know find ways to maybe break up the rotation a little bit more of like never having the two lefties, three righties, like in a row, similar Mm -hmm. to the lineup. Just don't, don't let them get used to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, our pitching has been top of the league. Phenomenal. It was so good. It was good last year too. Like Matt Blake deserves you. you, The credit has to go to Matt Blake because we've had on paper much better rotations in the last decade than we have now. And we haven't gotten what we've been getting out of it. And it's not just the rotation. It's one through 14. Like the yeah. last guy in our bullpen would be a closer for, for half the teams in the league. Like they, they are so loaded. And even, I mean, Clark Schmidt's in the minors right now. And he has a ERA in the ones when he pitches. I know he's coming up Thursday to make a spot start. But they, they are just loaded. And it's to me, it's the depth that, that gets me. Just how how deep they are. Every guy that jogs out of that pen, you're like, oh, yeah, he'll get the job done. You know, Peralta, Holmes. Even Chapman's Chapman's been great this year. All of these guys, man, Loizaga, they're they're great. So you're talking about like just the pitching like that. One big thing I've noticed, and I really noticed it when the first game Sunday, is I feel like we can win every game. We've had some some come from behind wins too, but like for some reason that Mother's Day two one game really cemented for me. Like we had come back against the Royals, you know, last week, but. I don't know. I think back to 2019 
when we were playing the Astros in the ALCS. I went to I went to every home playoff game. And I remember there were a bunch of times when Gary came up in like big spots, both at home and on the road. And I remember like especially when I was at home and I was on Twitter, I would see like some Astros fans. And they're just like, oh no, here comes Sanchez, big spot, of course gonna blow it open. And I just remember thinking, like, you guys are so stupid. He's gonna strike out. Like, this guy fucking sucks. Um, it's same thing with like Encarnacion during that series. Oh, he was brutal. Yeah. Um, and then like kind of oh, there's some bunnies outside the window of my office. <laughs> it gets me every time. It's so cool. Um and then when you look at like the 2020 team and it was like so shaky because of COVID, but then it was just like, wait, we're kind of sneaky, not a good team. We're going to like get into the playoffs maybe last year too. So you just kind of like, it was easy to give up on this team. And I even remember last year when they came to Philly, we went to the first game um, and then together, then we were both in the second game and I left early. I left in like the fourth inning. So I was just like, this fucking team sucks. This game's over. And I went, I, as I was walking out, I put in an order at the weed dispensary by Citizens Bank Park. And then I went and I picked it up. And the guy in there was like, oh, are you headed to the game? It was early enough in the game. It was yeah. really like the fourth inning. He was like, are you headed to the game? Like, you're late. And I was like, no, I already left. And he was like, but no, the Yankees came back last night. I went to extra innings. Yeah, they lost. But like, they could still come back. Look at what they did last night. And I said... Here's the difference between me and you, buddy. You have seen one Yankee game. I have seen every Yankee game. (laughs) I know this team. They're going to lose this game. And I'm going to be in my pool at home when they do it. But now with this team, I just like, we're just going to win that game. Like on side, I was just like, we're going to win this game. And yeah, we lose some games. Like we lost the second game. And it like, ah, there were some opportunities that didn't happen. But I'm not furious when the opportunities don't punch through because – there, it's happening more often than it used to. Absolutely. And like you said, 2020 sucked. 2021 sucked. This is the first time since 2019 where every game I feel like we can win. And even the Wednesday game that they lost in Toronto, the one where Boone got ejected, like they were right in that game yeah. till the end. I mean, look, the offense had a shit night. They only scored one run, but King comes in and Peralta and they're keeping it close. And when you when your pitching is that good and you're only letting up two or three runs a game, you're going to you're going to be in every game. And like today, they won a game scoring only one run. Yesterday, they won only scoring two runs. And it allows you to do that. Just wait till the offense starts humming again that's that's what we need i mean they're really gonna click if they keep pitching like this and and the boys start bopping again i mean they'll win 100 games i mean it's funny because it's like we we lose one to two on that one you know two to one on that wednesday game we win two to one we lose four to two we win one nothing and it's like you know if the offense gets going again but at the same time it's like oh we scored nine runs last tuesday scored six runs you know that sunday We've been scoring runs, like a lot of runs in bunches. Like we had that 12 run game after the 10 run game. You know, we had two, you know, we had a 12 run game against Baltimore two weeks ago. So yeah, the lulls are at times frustrating. Like we hosted Mother's Day and I had the game on and my brother in law, as he was getting ready to leave, it was seventh, eighth inning of the first game when Texas just kept making those errors. And he was like, what's going on here? And I was like, Oh, they stink. 
Like, that's it. Like, that's just it. They're just a bad baseball team. We should be up 7 nothing. Like, I shouldn't even have to pay attention to this. But, like, hey, the offense is struggling right now. And you hope that now with, like, Toronto coming to town, it becomes a, like, uh, like you play to your competition kind of thing. Yeah, you'd hope so. And then they have four. They have four at Chicago all in a row for, for a four-game weekend series. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they'll split. They'll split this Blue Jays series one and one. But I mean, they played they played the Blue Jays really tough in Toronto. I I physically I was trying to think. I cannot remember the last time they won a series at the Sky Dome. I mean, maybe 2018, 2017. It'd been a long time. It's always tough up there because you're either playing in front of fucking nobody, or the all the the whole bandwagon jumped on, and it's a you know it's a packed house, and also it's just you know it's a weird place to play. Like I'm sure. To me, everywhere is a weird place to play because you're just going, you know, you're going to different cities. It's a little natural for them. They're always on the road. But, you know, you've got to go through customs. And now they're not going through the way we go through. But, yeah, go through customs. You've got, um, you know, all all the, the other international things of, you know, spending different money if you, you know, you utilize cash or whatever. So it is, um, it's good to get that and now to have them back home because, I believe we don't play Toronto again for a while after this. Dude, it's a, it is a weird schedule. They're oh, no, playing play the Orioles a million month. times. Yeah, we, we we play Toronto again next month. Yeah, we go to Toronto. Um, but, like, we've got – here's the good thing. It's a two-game series. We've got a two-and-a-half-game lead. I don't want to have a defeatist attitude. But if we were to lose both these games, we're still in first place. Going to Chicago, going to Baltimore. Exactly. And they got Seve going Tuesday. I like that they did that, that with all these stupid rainouts, they kind of put that to their advantage because remember, Seve was going to be on a strict limit no matter what because of the Tommy John. So instead of just pushing everybody back, they're like, you know what, Seve, we're going to give, I think he's going to have seven or eight days in between starts, kind of give him an extended break. So you got him on Tuesday, you got Tyone on Wednesday, and then I don't think we have to face Manoa, which is great. That guy always cooks us, get some revenge against Kikuchi, and then they got Berrios. Um, on Wednesday, I mean, yeah, it's it's sweepable. It's definitely sweepable. It's home. sweepable. I mean, a sweep there. It's May. It's May. It's May. It's May. Um, but they're four games back right now. They lose this. They're six games back in May. It's you know you can come back from that, but it gets tough as the season goes on, especially if we're capitalizing on head-to-head games early. Yeah, and usually it's the opposite, right? Usually we get off to a bad start and we need to like make up for it and and charge hard in the second half. Now it's nice to be in that position where we can just kind of drop the hammer early in the season. And and Boston is completely tanking. Um, the Rays have not been as good as they were supposed to be. So I mean, they're right there. They, they've got eighteen wins. They're right. They're two and a half behind us. I think they they might play tonight. I'm not sure. Um, so I mean, the Rays the Rays are the fucking Rays. They're just like this gnat that like. It's just always around you we right We haven't now. even played them yet, have we? No, we haven't played them yet. So looking ahead, after Toronto, two games in the Bronx, we go to the White Sox for four. We go to the Orioles for four. We host the White Sox for three. We host the Orioles for three. So that is – check my math here. Six, ten. That's 14 games before we go to the Trop. And that's 14 games – of just like that's cupcakes, like you talk about all the time. So we're gonna play the Orioles thirteen times before we play the Rays once. Yes, 
And in the month of May, we play the Orioles seven times and the White Sox six times. This schedule has no balance to it. Dude, I'm just looking at it. it makes no sense. Yeah, but like at the same time, I they, you know I think they try to get like a lot of the travel out of the way of like kind of bunch. I, I don't know. I don't know who the White Sox and Orioles are playing like in between. Um. So it sometimes the travel just doesn't align with our travel to not be awkward because normally it's like when you play Detroit, you're playing Chicago too. Like you're just you're kind of getting right. that out. Yeah, yeah. They, they the do way. it cyclically. And the for the White Sox, so I don't I don't know what it is currently, but I remember looking on Twitter at a point and everybody was on the the IL. Uh Elroy Jimenez was on the IL, Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito. This this was April. I don't know if they're healthy, but I'm looking they're fourteen and thirteen, so I assume I assume they still have some guys banged up. I, I want three out of four in Chicago, absolutely, no matter what. Especially since Cole's going to be pitching one of those games. Yeah, I mean, I think like if you can split this Blue Jay series at least, and then you've got these fourteen games against these you know bad teams, like you've got to go ten and four, eleven and three, like that really puts you in a strong position headed into the end of May, headed into Memorial Day weekend to say like you know what we're trying to win a World Series. For sure. And June's going to be a little bit tougher. They do get three against the Tigers and and the rebuilding Cubs, but they're going to have four against Houston. They're going to have six more against the Rays and they're going to be in Toronto again. So June, June will not be as easy as, uh, as April and May have been. No, I mean, we've, we've lucked out with the schedule and and the way it shook out early, especially, I think, you know, every team had a weird off season because of the lockout COVID. I don't think there's been, any COVID in baseball yet this year. Like, I don't remember hearing of like a guy's got to miss days. So like we've avoided any outbreaks. The numbers are good. So that, you know, has an impact to everyone. So everyone's really just been focused on like, how do we ramp our players up in time? And during the ramp up period, we've luckily, you know, had, had that soft schedule. I mean, this team's also going on. What is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 23 games in 22 days is the stretch that we're in right now. And I think, you know, I've talked about it since last season when we won those 13 games in a row, but a lot this season on getting some of those big wins uh, where we either win big or the pitching gets deep. The starting is getting deeper. I mean, you get seven and a third out of – um at a Nestor today, giving up one hit. We've seen Cole has given up one earned run in like his last four starts. We're seeing guys get deeper in the games, taking a little pressure off the bullpen. Uh, while the lineup has, you know, the past couple of games struggle, but some of those nine, one wins, some of those 10, 12 run games that we've had, uh, really are going to pay major dividends for us in this stretch. Because the arms are just a little less tired, even though it's still early in the season. Definitely. Although I do think people are making a little bit too big of a deal out of the 23 games and 22 games or whatever. Like people – dude, it's a baseball season. You have these stretches. And the other thing is that it's it's before the All-Star game. So they're going to get a chance to reset no matter what after this touch draft. Now, if this was in August – I think that's a little bit tougher. It's hot as shit. You don't have a break when you're playing, you know, those hot doubleheader day games in August. So I don't think this is that big of a deal in May as, as people are making it out to be. And their roster is really deep. I think they have the arms to, to get through it. I won't say easily, but I think they can manage it uh, pretty handily. Yeah, I mean, and the good thing is it's not 
four in Houston, three in the Bronx, you know, right. some of these games, like we've got to look to blow a couple of these games open. Um, and it's really just, it's funny because, you know, the White Sox are the better team, but it's always uh, the Orioles. Like I'm worried about the Orioles because they're going to play their biggest game. I think the, the White Sox are going to come to town also. Like they're trying to right their ship. Everyone plays up for us. So it'll be an in- interesting bunch of series coming up. It will. It will. Uh, one guy I want to talk about is, is Glaber. Um, everybody. We were know, wrong. We fucked up. Okay. So I'm not sure if I was wrong because the guy's still hitting 230. And don't get me wrong. I'm excited. <laughs> all the walk-off hits and all that. But like it's hard for me to be like, yeah, he's back. And then I look up and it says 228. Like I don't know what to think with him. Yeah, no, he's not bad. Like he knows – the big moment. I mean, he had the as we were recording, he had the big game on Monday, mm-hmm. and we like to joke around that, like, ah, uh, you know, maybe oh, he heard us and turned it around, or like, oh, we were wrong. No, I mean, he's getting a couple big hits. He still can't field for fucking shit. Like, he's no. still a terrible fielder, and he's still batting. He's a middle infielder, still batting. You know, like you said, was it like two twenty eight? Yeah, it's hard for like if he gets up to two seventy, then I, but it's hard for me to get excited and, and say a guy's back. But I, I did see something two twenty, two twenty with four home runs. So yeah, it's not like, yeah. Is he back? Is he not? Because I did see a stat. It's like oh, he's hitting two two eighty maybe since the All Star break last year, and it's like okay, but I just don't know what to think with this guy. To be honest, I don't care much for like let's pick a random date and yeah. say like this guy's the best since then start if you want to say the first half of the season you want to say the second half of the season whatever but if he's hitting 280 since the all-star break last year that's great that means the second half of last year he hit you know three something so it's even worse because more recently he's batting 228 yeah <laughs> You know, like, if you want to use that as your, you know, measuring stick, that's fine. But he's still, he's hitting 228. Him or Donaldson is going to need to kind of separate themselves. Obviously, DJ is going to be starting every day. I'm not to jump ahead of the playoffs, but like, pencil yeah. him in. Pencil him in. Donaldson, I think, is hitting around 220 and Glaber's hitting 220. I just want one of them to kind of separate themselves so we have a, a real starting lineup. Obviously, guys are going to rotate, but it would be nice to see one of them kind of pull away from the other. Yeah, I mean, you'll need to because at a certain point, I don't know, DJ's too good to have to – like, you're, you're going to want to play at a certain point in the season. Like, we make lineups. We make roster decisions to cater to a lot of people's, you know, make their, their feel-goods. You have to, at a certain point, like, cater to DJ in some way. Right, right. You know, at, at some point, he is – there's no way Glaber Torres is hitting fucking 280 since the All-Star break because he's batting 228 right now, and he hit 289 in the second half of last year, only playing in 50 games. Yeah, man. I don't know. Somebody tweeted it. Fucking loser. That's who. <laughs> he's got more home runs this year than the second half of last year. No, um, you you want – I mean, obviously, you want them to both, you know, figure it out. But I think there's a point where, like – if you're go- like DJ is kind of an anchor of the lineup, you know, Judge is going to get his his bombs, Stanton's going to get his bombs. At times it's going to be streaky. 
Rizzo has been great to have. Could use another home run. It's been a little bit. I'm feeling, you know, feeling a little (laughs) neglected. But they come in bunches. DJ is kind of that anchor of consistency. And you've got to placate to that a little bit at some point. Like, there's no theory that, like, moving around helps him. There's not, but I almost think they just assume he's so low maintenance and, like, mentally tough that they don't need to worry about with him. And, like, obviously, Glaber's a little softer. And I'm not saying that to be mean, but he is. Like, it's obvious. Yeah, but I don't know. That approach with DJ, like, it's great until it's not working anymore. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's definitely fair. I'm, I'm sure he doesn't love moving around all the time. I just don't think he's a guy that's going to really complain about it. One guy who's not moving around at all, like you just mentioned, Rizzo. That ball... I think it was the first game of the doubleheader. Somebody hit a ball and it like bounced off the base. Hit the base. Jumps and catches it and flipped it to Cole. I was just thinking uh, Luke Voigt would have tripped over himself, sprained his knee, and the ball would have like went into the stands or something. Like like the their defense now with, with Rizzo and IKF, I know we talk about it every week. It is fucking beautiful to watch these guys. It was, again, had the game on, host had like 15 people here. See that happen. You know, I've got – there was mothers here. There were like four or five mothers here. This day is about them. Yeah. And I yelled, oh, shit. Like – that was just like an amazing play. Like the boys are having fun. Like because you even saw like Cole – the way that ball went, Cole's running the first base, which is also – it's clutch that like your superstar pitcher, your ace is even there to, to field that. Now, I know – we're talking about Major League Baseball players. They're all trained. They all should be there. The amount of people who are at that, like the percentage of players who throw that pitch and then end up being at first base to field that ball, it's not It's not 50-50. I think it's more than 50% are there, but it's not 100% of players no, no, that are there no. to cover that He base. was competing, and Cole smiled. That was the first time I Cole smiled. That's smile why I said the, the boys are having fun. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen him smile on the field before. I've seen it in press conferences or interviews. I've never seen him smile between the white lines, as a Yankee at least. So that was really exciting. We're playing we're playing fun baseball. You Dude, know? It's been great. I mean, couple couple complaints. Gallo looks like shit. Hicks cannot drive in a run. Hicks, Hicks looks fucking lost. Oh my God. Hicks, with no one on base, doesn't look... Like a terrible baseball player. High leverage situations. He's batting. Now, it's been like two days, three days since I saw the stat. Um, and I don't think he changed it all. But in high leverage situations, he's literally batting zero. And it's the same fucking thing every time. He's batting from the left side because usually he's facing a righty. And the righty pitchers will just throw off-speed pitches on the outside part of the plate – Curveballs, changeups, maybe even a tailing two-seam fastball. He is fooled every time he does that giant leg kick and he either whiffs or he fouls it off or he just gets fooled. He hasn't adjusted in five years. Like, make a fucking adjustment, dude. You can't hit that pitch. He hasn't really played in five years. That's true. Um, That's fair. But, yeah, it, it's bad. And, it, like, he's spiking the helmet. And really there's no good reaction. You know, if he doesn't spike the helmet, yeah. he doesn't care. He spikes right. the helmet. It's like. Dude, who gives a fuck, you know? Um, But at the same time, yeah, I mean, he just – he looks lost out there. And LeCastro's on the IL right now, so that doesn't really help us. I think, you know, with Toronto coming to town, you'd like to see the three-headed monster out there for 
the first game, at least. Oh, of course. The other thing with Hicks, though, is he looks great from the right side. Like, it, it, it's rare that he faces a lefty, but when he's batting from the right side, he's got swagger. He's putting the ball in play, and then he just kind of looks lost from the left side. I know Cedric Mullins, he bagged being a switch hitter, and he turned into this all-star and just started hitting lefty. I don't, I don't know if that's in the cards for Hicks, but he looks a lot better righty than he does lefty. Yeah, I mean, so much better righty, and it makes you wonder, like, like, at what point do you just give up on it? You know, like you said, Mullins did it. And I remember I did, um, I forget what their, the podcast is, but like RDT and Banks from Barstool have a podcast and they were telling me that I didn't know much about Mullins. And I was like, wait, you have a center fielder who's a, who is a switch hitter and he just stunk from one side. So he selflessly gave that up so that he could help the team. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, and he steals bases? What the fuck are the odds of that? That must be sick. Yeah, but you're fucking tight. Just as an update, Hicks has like snuck into four stolen bases. He's been running a lot. He's up Although in it. Although it was brutal when he got thrown out when he was uh, when he was the go-ahead or when he was the tying run and Judge was up and then Judge hit a homer on the next pitch. I know they won the game, but that was fucking brutal. Yeah, that, that was tough to see. But he's up to four stolen bases, still just one home run. So, yikes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. They're running a lot more, a lot more. It's just a more athletic team. Like, um, he, when you talk about IKF 
Uh, when you talk about Hicks, you know, stealing a couple bases, when you've got LeCastro going, like, LeCastro, when he's been healthy, can straight up pinch it in the ninth inning, steal second base, score on a base hit. Like, exactly how you draw up, you know, classic baseball. And then you see, like, that Rizzo. Like, Rizzo's more athletic than Voight. Um, so you're just seeing athleticism in a way that I think as Yankee fans, we haven't seen it in a long time. You know, it's very easy to be like, well, they're baseball players, so, like, whatever. But, you know, that's – they're just – they're being athletes right now. And that's a – you know, you were the biggest proponent of that last year of, like, just be athletic athletes for once. <laughs> One time. They they are more athletic, but it's also the approach. Rizzo has bunted for hits against the shift a couple of times. Gallo even tried to do it yesterday. It didn't work because he's Joey Gallo and nothing he does works. But he tried. Higgy had uh, – even Higgy, that sack bunt, it didn't work. They didn't score. But I like – if you have a shitty hitter up and you have first and second no outs, I like the sack to get him to second and third one out. It eliminates the double play and you got two chances. I know the nerds don't like it, but I, I like what they're doing with the bunting, with the stealing. They've had a couple of beautiful hit and runs. Especially with Rizzo, with DJ, it's been fun. I think it was O'Neal who said on like the Higgy bunt, it was like, hey, if you're struggling offensively, at least you, you feel like you did something. Right. You know, you moved it along, you feel like you contributed in some way because, it, you know, if every game that you play in, you're throwing up an offer or, you know, you're getting a two out single and getting, you know, and then that's just the end of it. You're, you, you know, next guy grounds out, flies out, whatever. You get down on yourself and that, you know, kind of snowballs. So to see guys mixing up, trying different things, I mean, that's all you want. It's the last year of the shift. Like, fucking bunt, like, take the hit when you want. But, you know, Gallo, you bat him 174. Yeah, dude, it's it's brutal, man. It's so brutal. It's, yeah, it's still not good. Like, when we're having the conversation, oh, is he going to get up to 200? Like, that's a fucking problem. <laughs> It's crazy when you look and see, like, oh, he hit two fifty three in twenty nineteen. Like, I don't believe it. How? Yeah, how? He whiffs so many times, dude. so many times. Although I do rather have him up in a big spot than Hicks because I think he has a better chance to walk. Like, neither of them are getting the big hit. Let's be honest. But Gallo has a slightly higher chance to walk than Hicks. So, Gallo is my pick over Hicks in a big spot. And I mean, Gallo may get into one. He's only got three home runs, but, like, if he's up in a big spot, like, he may accidentally hit a home run. He's, like, a slightly better – he's just, like, a more powerful Hicks, essentially. Yeah, because, you know, Hicks isn't getting the big double, but he's – unless it's Verlander and it's the foul pole, he's not getting the home run either. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, these guys it's, – it's just fun that the games don't feel like a burden – like, you know, at times last year, like, it was really, it was a burden to fucking watch this team. At times. That was the whole season, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and for guys like us who aren't, we're not surrounded by Yankee fans. Like, we're not in New York. So, I don't know, like, with in-laws and stuff, like, they want to talk Yankees. Like, it's a thing people want to talk to us about when, the, you know, we're around. And it's good to have, like, I don't know, anything positive to say. Or just say, like, hey, yeah, we're winning the World Series. Right, and when people say, oh, how are the Yanks doing? It's a lot better to say, oh, best record in baseball. Then, oh, may maybe we'll turn it around if this guy comes off the IL and this guy gets his shit together and going into that whole thing that nobody really wants to listen to anyway. Everybody fucking asks me about it. Everybody. How are the Yanks doing? Yeah. 
it's the number one question. I forget, at your wedding, your dad asked me, I think it was like three questions, and I gave him like in depth answers. And I told my wife, I was like, you know, a lot of people they ask you a question like conversationally because they're just trying to keep it moving. I was like, Mike Kirby right there wanted a real answer, and because it bought him a couple minutes, so like away from just like nice wedding, huh? You know, right. like the opposite end of that. Like he wants to have those baseball questions, like conversations, not anything else. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He doesn't waste words. Like if he asks a question, he actually wants to know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what else is going on with the Yankees when they're winning? It's so it's actually like tougher to do. A good yeah, it's show. easier to complain. Like you know, fuck Hicks, fuck Gallo. It's much easier to go on after a brutal loss and just and just rally it off. But it, I, I mean, I can. You know, seven runs. The fact that they scored seven runs in, in a home series against Texas, I know they won two out of three, but that's kind of alarming. I think they had four hits in the first game. What they have six hits in the in the Monday game today. Yeah. I, I want to see the offense get going. Stanton hit a moonshot yesterday in the second game, and that's all they did. I mean, that was that's something to complain about. That they were up two nothing in the seventh. King implodes. The, the offense lets down. Obviously, King was due for a hiccup, but. Would it would have been nice to score more than two runs in that second game? Yeah, so that's a good point. Like King was due to give one I mean, so now a little like Yankees recent PTSD is you know, the last two years, Chad Green would give one up like that. He'd pitch well for a real long time, he'd give one up and we'd be like, All right, but hey, it's okay. Like we lean on him so much in high leverage situations. Bound to happen. As King was giving it up. I was like, oh no, like this is, this is not good. Like, especially when you see like a wild pitch, you're like, oh shit, like I hope this doesn't follow King and he can shake it off and get back out there. Um, you know, so like I want to get King back out, you know, in like let's get him out there against Toronto. Dude, it was so, it, w- it was so obvious that that was coming. Everybody's calling him best reliever in baseball. Biggest story in the game. I mean, he was getting hyped up so much. It, it he was due to have a blow up, and, and it happens, dude. It happened to Mo. It, ha- it happens to everybody. But no, I, I think he'll come out. He'll come out and be fine. The stuff's really good. But you mentioned Green. Isn't it funny how he's just kind of faded into the abyss? Like, just what is he? The sixth exist. option now, like seventh option out of the pen. He used to be like, we have a lead. We're going to Green first every single time. And now it's like, eh. Yeah, I mean. I still think like I still think he's a good pitcher. I mean, obviously he's he's pitched well so in the past. So I don't have as much of a worry that he is never gonna come back, never like be in a position to do it. Like I, I like to think of it as like hopefully we're just giving his arm some time and he can, you know, be reliable when we need later in the season. Because all these guys aren't gonna stay healthy, all these guys aren't gonna stay as effective. Um it's funny because today, when Chapman came in, I honestly I forgot we had Chapman. For, he hadn't pitched since the first. So when it's like eight days and you don't see him, I'm like, oh yeah, shit, I forgot. Yeah, we got Chapman. Like, and it's weird with him because like he he's in that weird like he needs to pitch at least twice a week, but he can't. He's not as good on back to back days. Like it, it, it's really threading the needle in terms of getting his appearances because he loses his sharpness if he doesn't pitch for a while but he's also he doesn't throw as hard if he pitched the day before like i I just feel like it's very tricky deciding when when to use him yeah i mean they're like you know 
closers are like they're finicky dudes like that's just kind of how it is and then even i mean the last out was a, a fly ball just in front of the warning track but there was a second one it was off the bat where i was just like if this motherfucker smiles if he's smiling i'm gonna be pissed off and gallo couldn't find that ball. like that was a little bit cheap. he's looked terrible in the field yeah i think it like i think the ball hung up there it's the the time of day with the sun it, you know it's kind of blustery outside even though it's a little warmer than it has been but yeah no he did he did look shaky uh he hasn't looked awful like he doesn't look like glaber out there it's not no. a duhar out there but there was a bit as he was doing it was like and you won two gold gloves in a row recently yeah no it's been shaky and last year he sucked hitting but he was really good he was really good in the field i mean he's athletic he's fast he's got a good arm he should be good i'm just looking at i'm just looking at chapman's line it's funny because he is a zero era but you remember he loaded the bases with no outs and then king came in and bailed him out so no runs there and then i think he let up two runs in that extra inning loss to the orioles but i guess they didn't count because of the automatic runner or maybe let like he let up a run but i guess it was the automatic runner that scored so like technically he has a zero era but probably shouldn't i mean they've got in his game logs he's got zero runs yeah yeah i don't know i don't know how that works in terms of stats i think if that automatic runner scores like that's the guy he walked in on the pitch that everybody was bitching that it was gotcha. high. i guess yeah. that doesn't count yep yeah that makes sense um yeah, that's a weird, like, stat loophole. Not necessarily that it should count as an earn run, but, like, I don't know, it's a run. Like, that's just, that's the rules of the game right now. But I'm sure the that was negotiated so that we don't suppress suppress player salaries. Of course. What did you think of Maben this weekend, this doubleheader, and today? Do you think he's improved? He's, yeah, I think he's improved. He's gotten, uh, he's gotten more comfortable. Um, to, to be honest, like, I was happy it wasn't Beltron. Yeah, I thought Maven was a lot better. He wasn't just mindlessly complimenting every single player and coach on the field for no reason, um, w- which I enjoyed. I thought he was a little bit more neutral, a little bit, little bit sharper. I mean, he probably had some jitters. Yeah, he definitely had had some jitters during the first month of it. Um, he's online, like he's an online guy, yes. so he definitely sees what people are saying. Maybe he takes that because at the end of the day. Do you or I know how to call a baseball game better than David Cohn, Michael Kay, maybe even Cameron Maben? Probably not. But we're also the consumer, so we know what we want. And I think what we said wasn't too different from anything else that I've seen about him. Like, yeah, he's a good guy. He's a fun guy. Lots of hugs. But like, not great at calling baseball games yet. But I think everyone saw the potential. I think everyone on, you know, Beltron is like this is this is bad. Like I think we're <laughs> dreading the next Beltron game. Yeah, like th- there's no potential here. But that's interesting. You brought it up, like me or you doing it. So I think I told you this before. When I went to Delaware, I did like I worked for the radio and I did some play by play. Wait, and, really? Uh, you probably yeah, told me this. Yeah, like, yeah, below. some color just for like Delaware football, Delaware basketball. You know, not nothing big, but I did one time. They were like, "Do you want to do a baseball game?" And I was like, "Oh, sure. I love bait. It's my favorite sport. Like this is going to be great." 
it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do because trying to fill – there is so much dead time and you don't realize until you're actually doing it. But sitting up in that booth for, for three and a half hours, I, I just remember it was so tough to fill the time in between the action. Like it's it's a lot harder than it looks. So wait. Did you study like radio or you studied business and just like did some of the like sports radio yeah, stuff? Yeah, it wasn't even my major. I just like doing it and I love sports. So like I had a little sports talk show at the student station and then I just called some games, some home games. That's cool that you were able to do that because I feel like most colleges, like if they have a program for it, I don't know if Delaware does, um, like it's tough to crack to get those opportunities unless you're like all the way in. Like I wanted to do a sports radio show at Drexel and I went and was like, hey, so like, listen, you guys just play like weird music that nobody's heard before. <laughs> um I'm like, I'm a cool guy. I'm in a frat. I know about sports. I don't necessarily know about Philly sports, but like I can make it happen. And they were like, yeah, that sounds great. So you're going to have to for a year, um, just like sort through records and put them back on the shelves, kind of like in pitch perfect. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I was just like, no, like this, that's not what I want to do. Like if you want to do something where I'm like on the radio, but like, I don't even want to play the records. So why would I want to put them back? Like I'm not. This isn't even like pay your dues because later someone's going to put your records back. I need no records. Didn't dude, work it's out weird. It's weird, dude, because at Temple, my cousin went to Temple and he had to do this audition, like send in a tape to get a sports talk show. I literally showed up at the, the first day at Delaware when they have like every club, you know, yeah, like, like in the, the quad. There. Yeah, I just showed up and they're like, yeah, come Friday at four. We, we need an extra guy for like this weekly sports talk show. And I just showed up. I never had to pay any dues or anything and then i started calling games you think for a big school i mean delaware has twenty thousand students yeah you think it'd be a lot harder but there just wasn't as much interest in it there were like eight guys at the entire school that wanted to do so like, wait sports radio so you show up and you're like yeah i'd be interested in this like kind of walking like do i join acapella do I, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> the radio station and they're just like yeah like we already have a show but like we could use another guy and then like you're just on that show for forever yeah, I went and I think it was like a tryout, kind of like the first time I did George's Box with you. Like I just showed up. There was no prep. Luckily, two of the guys were like Yankees, Giants guys. So I kind of fit right in. And okay. yeah, I just – I was – yeah, they were older than me. And then then it turned into like, oh, we also call games. So like if you want to call you know, the Delaware Towson football game, you know, do color, like you can do it. And then we did some road games and it was cool because they would like pay for your food. You know, your meals on the road. And if I had friends at different schools in the conference, I would just go, you know, expense everything and just kind of hang out with them and call the game. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And then I realized it was like impossible to get into professionally and make money. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so tough. Um, When you did – because, yeah, even like Jake Marsh, I forget where he went. But he's at Barstool. And like Tommy Smokes, he was calling games at Fordham, like at FUV. Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. now, I mean, I'm, they're very happy with their careers and stuff, but like that's pretty much like the pinnacle. It's that and like Syracuse are like the top yes. of the top. Yeah. And if those guys, you know, clearly talented because they ended up professionally doing stuff. But, um, so wait, when you called a baseball game, what you did, you did one game. Was it just you and another guy? It was me and one other guy who we had called football and basketball together, but it was both of our first times. And it's hard because like you don't really know the players. That well, yeah. like the ball, you know, the Towson left fielder. I don't know his name by heart, you know. It's so that that made it hard, but just there's so much dead time. The did time you do color or play by play? I did color, I believe, for for baseball, and it was it was tough, man. Yeah, I imagine it's tough, 
but I don't know. I feel like I'd be better at that than play by play. Cause I'd be worried about overreacting, but also like sometimes, yeah, I don't know. You're not paying attention. Did you ever umpire like little league games? Like once when my friend's dad was, I think was like the little league commissioner and he like begged me to be the base ump once, but I, I just cause they needed somebody. When I was like 13, 14, 15, I umpired like little league games before they started being like, no, we have to like pay like certified umpires to do it and yeah i mean some of the times it's just like i don't know i was thinking about another thing so i'm like oh strike like you know i was just thinking like i don't know, you kind of get what you want you, you get a 14 year old calling games like that that's what you're gonna get similar to dude similar to doing play-by-play a lot harder than it looks i would never want to be a home plate umpire i mean it just sounds awful you yeah. gotta be locked in you know you have to be locked in like you're playing without the fun of playing like i just i don't want to do that I get being a home plate umpire. Oh, I mean, we could talk for a comment about like umpires fucking suck. Yeah. Like they are, they, it's been amazing, like really paying attention to the last three years. Like they have not made no effort to improve. Well, they're getting worse. Yeah. They're getting worse. They're getting kind of, the umpire in Arizona who threw up Bumgarner at least like came out and said, like I was wrong. Like I let emotions get a hold of me, which normally doesn't happen. So I'll take it. Um, yeah, umpires have been, really really bad lately um i think you know when when boone got thrown out in toronto like i get like they're tough close calls um i get calling games on the plate is but that's why i don't do it you know like i didn't sign up to do that job professionally one of the things that i think they like really need to do for the playoffs is because now the playoffs you only need what four you know, units of four or five at a time. Well, yeah. Well, they have the left field and right field umpires too in the playoffs. You're just saying group. No, I mean, there's get, oh, like okay. um, yeah, crews. Four. Crews, right? So yeah, you need four like four crews. crews. Maybe it's expanded this year, so they need six. You've got a lot of guys at home. Just have the best people calling the best games at their best positions. So like if you are the best second base umpire, just call call all games. Like every crew should have two should have a first base ump, second base ump, third base ump, and then if you want to have the left field and right field umps be like the second best first base and third base umps and like maybe, you know, rotate those. But I think the crew should have two home plate umpires. And you just rotate every other game of those two. And that's all you're doing. You're calling balls and strikes. You're the best, most accurate guys. Like get – if there are 15 crews, get, you know, the best nine or, you know, the best eight home plate umpires and have them only call games behind the plate. The only reason that scares me is what if we get a home plate umpire that doesn't like us, doesn't like Boone, doesn't like somebody's shoes, whatever the fucking reason is, has some spite, and then we're stuck with them for whatever, five or six games in a row, and we're getting hosed every game. I think that's why they – one of the reasons they rotated is – I think it's just exhausting. I think it's just – it's physically more to, that's to do true. one play. Right, right. That is true. That's yeah, why I said if you have two guys just going every other game, like you're getting one, three, five, seven. I'm doing two, four, six. 
Yeah, no, that's that's a good idea. And I hate when people are like, oh, but it's a hard job. Like nobody can do it. You can't do it. Fine. Then let's get the fucking robo lumps. Then I, I agree. It's clearly it's too hard of a job for these guys to do. So let's let's bring in the robo lumps. And the reason that I can't do it is because I didn't go to several years of school for it. And then like the minor leagues. Exactly. Like these guys have been given all the tools to be good. Yeah. No. Jamie's dad came over yesterday and he's like not a baseball fan at all, but he'll look into stuff and ask me about it. Like when he comes That's over. That's always fun when yeah. like they, you know, whether, whether it's a father-in-law or someone who's going to see and they're just like, you could tell that they went out of their way yes, yes. to try to bring a conversation topic. Yeah, no, exactly. So I love it every time. And this time yesterday he asked me like, you know, I've been reading like these umpires aren't very good. Like why aren't there any consequences for them basically? And I said, well, they have a really, really strong union. That was my answer. Like these guys, I mean, look at Angel Hernandez. He's horrible and he still has his job. Like they, they, I mean, I'm pretty sure they like can't get fired unless they, I don't know, get a DUI or like kill somebody. Like I don't think yeah, they it's get fired really performance. Like I'm, you know, uh, I'm a lib cuck, so I'm, you know, <laughs> I think unions are good for the most part, but there are some where it's like it's just too much. Like the. I think some teachers unions, some police unions, uh, but way more the umpires <laughs> union yeah, is the worst. Like they should have to get sent down to the minors and call – like should be like players, man. But like and, – and Angel's the easy target because he's by far the worst one and he's he's also outspoken. But yeah, there, there should be some sort of performance, performance-based consequences. I think that – like that's my issue. It, it's not just that they suck. It's that their attitude and their stubbornness and that they have no consequences. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's no one to answer to. They don't have to do a press conference after the game. Um, and even, I mean, I saw like Gian, Giannis, um, in the NBA. Yeah. He asked, he was doing a press conference. I guess there was like, you know, something bad with an umpire and, uh, a ref. And he actually said, like, someone asked him a question and then he turned to like, you know, whatever the media team from the box and said, how much is it if I criticize the ref- refs? Is it 20 grand, 50 grand? And they told him and he goes, it's a lot. All right. I need to buy diapers. So I, I won't answer that question. <laughs> and like I've said for years, like at some point, someone's going to, you know, some player is going to be like, you know what? I'm going to eat it. Let's pass the hat. Everyone chip in on my fine, and I'm going to go there and be like, this guy sucks. Like, someone's going to go to a press conference with an iPad and go, explain that to me. You know, show the place. I can't wait for it. And a ju- Judge, to me, should be that guy because he – I think it was Jack Curry said it. He's had 366 balls below the knee called for strikes since he came up into the league in 2017. And the next closest guy was like 180. Like, it's not even close. And the fact that – I understand 2017, 2018, they're still getting used to it. He's been in the league five years. Like, figure it the fuck out, guys. I, six I fucking seven. <laughs> you know? I think – there's a way to do it almost like the, the Tucker Carlson of like, I'm just asking questions, you know, if you're like, Hey, how's this a strike? And when they go to find it, be like, I just asked the question. That's all it is. Yeah. But you can't like, it's, that's extremely unfair. And I don't know if that's in like the union's agreement that like, well, we can't, cause that's a strong union. If it's, we can't be criticized at all. I, th- I think that's what it is, dude. They, they, they're so sensitive. They, they look for confrontation. They, they'll make eye contact with guys. Like they are, they are looking for a fight. And, and the fact that Judge hasn't blown up on one of these guys yet. I mean, it's, it's so consistent. Like how many times has the bat just been taken out of his hands in a big spot on a ball below the knee? It's, it's infuriating. Don't you kind of want to see 
Like, just imagine fucking judging someone's face. Like, really mad. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be popcorn in front of the TV. Like, what does that even look like? People think it's entertaining when Boone yells at the ump. Oh, my God. Imagine Judd's just towering over one of these dudes. I've never seen him get mad. Like, I'd like to see him get angry, get get tossed. I don't think he's ever been... Yeah, no, I, I don't know if he's ever been tossed. I don't remember seeing him mad. Even like fans are throwing stuff on the field. He's like, come on, what are we doing? That was Again, nice guy. Jeter, Super nice guy. Just don't want to sign him for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Jeter never got tossed either, I believe. Um, Maybe not. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I know that was that was one of his things. But yeah, I mean, he's still, he's still getting hosed. I don't know if the umps just got together and we're like, whatever, fuck this guy. We're going to keep keep calling it below the knee but for for whatever reason they they cannot they cannot figure it out i think they're just bad yeah all right well hey listen nick's gotta go to softball we're back on nick being an athlete don't break your ankle i'm gonna fucking try not a little like a little little nervous but i'm mostly excited i mean you work out but like it's the cutting and stuff like you're, you're not doing a lot of that are you it's just the mental it's more just the mental at like you hear athletes talk about it, not that I'm an actual athlete, but it is, you know, it is something you think. Yeah, about. I've torn my ACL twice. Like, right. trust me, uh, being unathletic, I know. Well, you can follow Nick on Twitter at NKirbyNYY. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Follow the show at George's Box Pod. Uh, I haven't tweeted from there in forever, but hey, whatever, follow it. Um, we got the Blue Jays, we got the White Sox, we got. Six games. By the time we're recording, we'll be getting ready for the Orioles on next Monday. So we got two against the Blue Jays, four against the White Sox. And what are you looking to do? Go four and two? I want five and one. You want five and one, but you think we're going to. I don't no, think we I'll sweep. Take four and two. I'll take four. I don't think we sweep the White Sox. No. Uh, but I think getting three would be really good. And then we win tomorrow. We, uh, we lose the getaway day. 12 35 start on Wednesday early yeah i don't like these day games in the week man i do because i have a tv in my office right you're not i'm sure if i'd been in my job five years i i would like it but yeah it's tough when you're yeah you're yeah you're in week week uh two yeah I yeah i've got say. like now hey i'm done with this and i can go spend time with my kids yeah although i will say my oldest daughter two and a half years old my wife was wearing a yankee shirt uh, and it just had a little Yankees logo, like a Victoria's Secret one, where it's got it like kind of yeah, on her yeah, head. yeah. And she said, "That's baseball." Nice. There we're we go. On our way. And then because I I know this because I walked in, my wife tried to explain to her like, "Yes, this is the Yankees. The Yankees are Dad's favorite thing. Baseball is his, like, his favorite proud sport. moment. Proud yeah, Dad moment for yeah. you. Congrats. That's, that's baseball. So, all right. Hey, we'll uh, I don't know. We'll see you at the parade. I mean, it looks like we might see you at the parade. We're literally like. For the first time since 2019, I like really mean this. We'll see you at the parade. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online 
schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.